Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Cormac and Saoirse here in Room 104. Saoirse is slowly but surely making her way around TikTok. We have, uh, well, I shouldn't say we, I have decided for your entertainment and mine uh, to set her up, not set her up, but to get her to do it and to challenge her for her first video to see if she can go viral with this song. Shame. You've seen this dance now, though, haven't you? You've seen it, so you know how to perform it. I'm fine. I think I know the dance moves already. I'm just trying to understand how to actually record it and put in the essentials. Yeah. That's it. So it's the well, tech we- side that I'm failing on. Listen, it can be a little bit tricky and might take you a little while to get the hang of it. I'm sure there's a tutorial on YouTube that you can have a look up. Just keep messing around with it and you'll be absolutely fine. So hopefully by this time tomorrow evening, Saoirse will have done her first TikTok. Maybe you'll be a virus superstar already. And uh, no, doesn't even have to be good enough once you get it out there and when you jump on trending things like this as well it'll mean that the video gets shared uh, I guess might get pushed and shared a hell of a lot more so exciting times coming that'll be tomorrow on the show this evening Will Sears have completed her first dodgy hoary slutty TikTok dance on the app and who knows uh, she might be famous on the way next the world's most expensive face mask for the uh, coronavirus guess how much it's costing oh stop it's probably Louis Vuitton or something is it no, it's not even Louis Vuitton. It's uh, an Israeli jeweler is selling this particular coronavirus mask. I gotta say, um, you couldn't buy a mask for more, for more than two hundred. Two hundred. Okay, it's a jeweler who's selling this now. A bespoke jeweler is making this mask. I know, but the mask has to be obviously appropriate and wearable. It can't just be diamonds. There's diamonds on it. That's a clue. Thousands? I won't give you any more any more kind of clues or whatever, but this Israeli jeweler, this Israeli jewellery company is selling this particular mask it is working on at the moment for for a Chinese businessman who wants to wear this. Um, and surely the billionaires need to remind everyone that during this pandemic they are richer than you. So guesses, please, if you want to have a guess, the most expensive face mask for the coronavirus pandemic it's being made at the moment by a jeweler that should give you a hint about what material it's being made there are diamonds included on it how much do you think this Chinese businessman is paying for it 87 it is a stupid disgusting staggering amount of money uh, <laughs> and it'll be the single greatest most expensive face mask in the world let us know how much you think it is and I'll tell you next year in FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Who knows? Anyway, let me, let me go through that again. We're talking about the uh, most expensive 
um, gold coronavirus mask that's being made by a jewellers over in Israel. For a Chinese businessman who lives in the United States, he has two conditions. He wants it finished by the uh, end of the year and also wants it to be the, the most expensive face mask in the world. 3,600 white and black diamonds and also the mask itself will be fitted with top-rated N99 filters and will be made primarily from 18-carat white gold. How much is that going to set you back? 0876797104. Sisha was saying two and 300,000 euro. That's why you were hearing her say that to herself. But that's that's not right. That's incorrect. More? More. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Significantly more. Half a million? No. More again. What? 600 grand? Now, if you, if you want to have a have a guess here, how much you think this would cost? 3,600 diamonds, 18-carat white gold mask. It's going to be fitted and tailored to this person's face just so we can walk around and tell you that I'm richer than you. <laughs> oh, it's seven six seven nine seven one zero four. It's not a million. It can't be a million. A million's on the low side. Oh, my God. So this guy is, <laughs> yeah. a, I'm assuming, a billionaire. Doesn't say, uh, it doesn't say, but I don't know why you would want to get that much money on your face. I'll tell you exactly how much it is. A few guesses. Uh, Liam has kind of said a couple of million. It's 1.5 million US dollars this mask is going to cost. For a mask. Now, does this need to be washed every time it's worn or? See, I don't know because I'm not sure about gold. I'm not sure if anything would be able to survive. Would any germs be able to survive on gold? Is gold like one of those stainless steely kind of surfacey things is, is it but is it just um, a regular face mask maybe with um, some gold diamonds stuck onto it no no it's made out of white gold so the mask itself is going to be made from white gold and that'll have infused in it thousands upon thousands of diamonds uh, it'll have the filters embedded into it as well and then you'll be able to uh, wear this so it's two, it'll weigh about 270 grams which uh, might be heavy for your face I suppose but it's going to be one one and a half million dollars for a coronavirus face mask. Wow. Like That's when your ego gets off. in the way. Yeah, of course Where it is, are. isn't it? Like you're yeah. going to have a million and a half quid on your face. Now unless, okay, maybe this guy has a, like, a team of security so they'll be following him around so no one's going to get close to him anyway. I can imagine a few rappers are going to do that now as well. Would they even have that kind of money to spend? They wouldn't have that kind of money but I'd say, you know, gold encrusted or diamonds of some kind. There you go. They can bling Just it up a little show bit. off. Mm. Is that not insane? It's disgusting. Yeah, buy a house. Buy is. a really, really, really big I'm house. I'm sure this person probably has thousands of houses or owns some sort of maybe property venture, venture capitalist company. Chinese businessman, he's living over in the United States, rang up the jewelers and was like, I want this by the end of the year. I want it tailored, made out of gold, and it has to be the most expensive. Has to be the most expensive face mask on the planet. A million and a half. Staggering amount of money. Some people I've no words yep. No None <laughs> I would steal the face mask Just to sell it So I could buy a house I, I was thinking that as well It just reminded me there When I was, you know mentioned there He probably has a security team There's a video doing the rounds of Mark Zuckerberg out for a jog I don't know if you've seen it No yeah, it's really interesting. He has obviously a team of security that goes around with him because he's one of the richest men in the world. So I'm sure 
there's been threats made against his life. I'm sure people would love to try and kidnap him, hold him for ransom and do all that. So he has to have security with him. So he goes out for a jog every morning. There's a video of him jogging. I don't know where it is. It's some city in the United States, I think. I'm not sure where it is. But he's going out for a jog in the morning and there's three security guards tailing him behind him, jogging along with him to make sure he's safe or whatever. And then there's a few people recording him. And when they're recording him, he gets a little spooked and he turns around and he's like, yeah, can we get some more people out here? I don't really feel too comfortable. So while he's waiting at the traffic lights, uh, he jogs on, the three security men follow him and then a van pulls up, like something you see out of the movies, right? A van pulls up and like three or four other security men jump out to the back of it and start jogging with him. So now he's got like seven or eight people, security guards, jogging behind him, keeping him safe. See, that would be a horrible way to live, wouldn't it? That, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you're going to have to get that with your Euro Millions winnings. But no, that would be really horrible, wouldn't it? You? You, you can't even go out for a jog because you're there. Someone's probably watching me. They might be trying to bundle me into a car and that's the end of that. Yeah. It's not, it's not worth it. I really don't think so. Or else exercise at home. You could just be extra lazy and just get a lift everywhere. <laughs> you could probably pay someone to carry everywhere. Like, come on now, I'm paying like, you surely would... Would he not have, like, enough money to build an insane gym in his house? I'm sure he does, but unless he wasn't, unless he was in a city where he wasn't, he might have been home, might have been travelling and just wanted to get outside for a run. Or make it seem like he's outside, but inside. It's like he'd put on VR kind of... glasses and put a treadmill underneath him and he'd feel yeah. like he was outside. Yeah, I'm sure. Exactly. I'm sure he has. Yeah. Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> it's, some people just have too much money. I wonder if they know they do. Like, no one's going to say, sorry, I've actually got too much here. I, I don't know what to do with it. Take but it then back, they have to back. start paying extra people for security reasons. I know. Just so you can move around. It's a bit well, crazy. Maybe they could pay their fair share of tax and then they wouldn't have so many people after them. How about that, Zuckerberg? Mm-hmm. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Still to come on the show how ketamine, the Class A illegal drug, is being used in clinical settings to try and treat people who excessively drink. So they try and drink a little bit uh, too much. They're using ketamine to try and pull that back and treat people with uh, alcohol addiction. So that'll be on the way from a neuropharmopsychologist person a little bit in about, what time is it now? It's 20 past 11. In about 20 minutes' time here on uh, FM 104. Uh, a couple of texts coming in there. If you won the Euro Millions, this comes in from me, if you won the Euro Millions, that mask isn't all that bad. So if you won 50 million, would you spend a million and a half on a gold-plated mask to, just to make sure that everyone knows that you, you're minted and safe and healthy? No, you wouldn't. I'd never spend that money, even if I was a billionaire. There's a certain kind of line that you just don't cross. I, well, listen, Lucian says, if I win the lottery, I'd buy one. Like, if you're a billionaire, one million is what? It's a thousandth, it's a thousandth of your earnings. So you probably wouldn't even... Give it to it someone like who spending, doesn't have a house. Uh, we like spending, let me see, if you're the average wage in this country, average, I, I know it's not the medium, the average wage is about 35 grand a year, multiplied by point zero 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 one. It's like spending €3.50, I think. It's like spending €3.50 on a mask if you're on the average wage. Spending a million I know, and a half but it's not the same. You can't say it's the same thing. I mean, if you had that money, and it's obviously life-changing money, Give it to mm. someone that needs it. You don't need a mask made of diamonds. <laughs> you do. Nobody does. You got to let them know. You got to let people know you're better than them through your money. You got to compensate for a very, very, very tiny willy by having a very, very, very expensive mask. No, you don't. 
please don't do that. No one. Yeah. If you win the Euro Millions and you end up buying something stupid like that, then you deserve to lose all that money. Yeah, sorry, those, those text messages just coming in in relation to a jeweller over in Israel who has been asked to make a mask for a Chinese businessman for 1.5 million once. 18 karat gold to form most of the mask. There'll be the N99 filters in it and 3,600 white and black diamonds. So, I mean, yeah, if you've got it, yeah, I don't Don't flaunt it. No, yeah, just don't. Give the million and a half to like some vaccine research unit so then no one has to wear a mask. Actually, that's a genius idea. Yeah, perfect. Keep everyone happy. We're all happy there, right? So, um, yeah, do that instead. But anyway, that's up online if you want to have a look at it. Also, speaking of masks, the new mask regulations, rules and regulations came in today. So in places like uh, retail centres, shopping centres, shops, cinemas, you must wear a mask now. Try and keep us all safe. If you want to see the list of places where uh, you must now are required to wear a mask, it's up on fm104.e. So the full face coverings, let me just give you a quick overview. Bingo halls, concert halls, theatres, libraries, supermarkets, shopping centres. And you have to put your nose in the mask as well. It's no good having your nose peeking out the top of it because when you breathe out, that's when droplets with the virus can get out and that's the whole point of the mask. So I know you might forget, but no point having it up here now. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Uh, the dance to this tomorrow. Can I wait? But she needs an audience because we're going to try and make Saoirse get a little bit uh, TikTok famous. So Saoirse underscore long, same as her Instagram username. You can find her there, give her a follow. And uh, she's been diligently making sure that she's been following the, the dance moves for that particular trend, which will be out tomorrow. Now, though, is there a particular age where you just stop liking new bands and new music? Is there a certain age you get to where you're just full of your music preferences and you don't want to take in any more. Yes, there is. Apparently there actually is. And it all goes by the fact that we don't like change. So after <laughs> a certain change age... Change is bad, yeah. Yeah, it just says basically that, yeah, you just get sick of new experiences and you just stick to the old. And that's what most of us actually end up doing. But it does say this study has um, looked at 30,000 people at right. their musical preferences and streaming habits. According to their findings, people tend to experience a musical paralysis at age 30. So really? they stop listening to new artists or genres and stick to what they know. And if you think about it, like there's songs that you will love that you'll hear kind of on radio now. But if you were to ask me, what, what's my favourite song or what's my favourite band? I'm probably well, going to go back to... work this out now. It was probably something in the 70s, was it? <laughs> Maybe some of the, some of the six. I wouldn't maybe know Benny anything. Cormac, you're older than me. You're Was two years older than me. Literally, actually, over two years older than me. You're way I, older. I, I am not 50. How dare you, Saoirse? You actually are, though. <laughs> you're an old man that gives out to your neighbour's kids. They're That's doing drugs. They were doing drugs in the driveway, and my entire house no, they were smelled playing like weed. Catch. On your yeah, doorstep and you hate it. Catch the bong. That. That's what they're doing. They're playing catch the bong, <laughs> catch the weed, and that's just smoke in the front garden here. It's a completely uh, different game. So hang on, you're saying after 30, game yeah. over. Game over. You don't like to experience new genres, usually for the most part. I'm sure there's someone that does, obviously. But for the most part, we don't and we stick to what we know. But have you any idea what the average age is where music peaks 
in your developing years, like where you remember stuff and, you know, you'll go, I remember... Where, like, music has the biggest impact on you? Kind of, yeah. 17. Now, it changes. It changes for women and men, by the way. Oh, does it? Yeah. Is it 17? Is it in your teenage years? It's actually not in your teenage years, no. 22? No. You're very close, though. So for boys, it's 24. And for girls, it's 23. Oh, yeah, pretty so think much. back to when you were 20, 24. What, what were you into? Oh, God, I can't remember. I, I'm useless to this stuff. Like, I'm useless of thinking back to when music and movies were out in certain you know, times and ages. But it'd be things um, that would stick out in your head. When was 10 years ago? 2010? Yeah. It was 2010. Let's see. What was the music in 2010? 2010 music. Bruno Mars wouldn't have been a fan of his. Moves like Jagger. What's your what's what you're you're an, like, an Eminem girl. I loved Eminem, obviously. I loved Chemical Brothers, Daft Punk, and Linkin Park. They were kind of that was kind of they the were music 2010-ish. I loved. Yeah, well I'm like trying to think, were they twenty ten? Probably more for me, two thousand and seven ish. I would have said, but like that's what I would go to if I'm in the car. I'll go on to Spotify and I'll I'll listen to them as opposed to, you know, say for a song that's out now like Dua Lipa or St. John, I think is, is pretty decent at the moment. But I wouldn't tend to go to them first, mm. if you know what I mean. It's, it's, Wait, it this is, is quite a, strange. This is, a, this is a 2010 song. We pretend that airplanes in the night sky are like shooting stars. Kind of bring you back, yeah. Like not not particular specific memories, but I'm listening to this going, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can kind yeah, of half like, remember that. Yeah, it's weird. I I don't know, but then again, if I was to go back even further, the Spice Girls or Britney Spears would have stood out to me, and I would find myself occasionally listening to both of them. If I'm in the car. And that would have been, you know, very young. That would have been kind of eight, nine, ten. Yeah. That I would have listened to them. So. Oh, you probably would have. This is probably something that you might have uh, listened to, really. Would it have been? um, This is a 1975 song. Abba. Did you? But I say you'd love an L1 dance. You'd love an L1 dance on the the dance floor. It's just swinging your arms, not moving your legs. Going, oh, this is lovely now. This is lovely. You can't slut drop to Abba. Well, not with that attitude, Sergio. You can slut drop to anything. You can slut drop to like the, the the Pogues or Luke Kelly or anything if you want. You know. I usually personally can, but um, that would be hard. That song in particular would be be difficult. But yeah, I just found that really strange. So, text us in what kind of bands or artists that you would have been into or that you remember fondly. If someone was to ask what's your what's your favorite artist or favorite band, who comes yeah. to mind? Well, and it maybe probably depends it, on your age. If we do it at 23 or 24, in around like early 20s, it, when you were 23 or 24, apparently if you're a girl 23, guy 24, what were you listening to? Like what, what year was it when you were 23, 24? Let us know. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. And this was your peak music year, apparently. These were the songs that make the biggest impact on you that you probably, you know, bring with you. Um, for the rest of your life and remember the most. Uh, so let us know. Oh eight seven six seven nine seven one zero four. Here's a, I mean, if you're 23 or 24 right now, maybe this is going to be your song that's going to have the biggest impact on you and you'll bring this with you for the rest of your life. It's sick. 
FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast, listen back to the full shows, get them there, and the specific interviews on whatever podcast platform that you were using. Uh, you can find us there. Um, if you would like to, we've got a couple of messages in there. Apparently, you stop consuming new music after the age of in and around 30 is when you kind of, you've got your favourite bands in place, you've got your music in place and I suppose you get a little bit older and then you start maybe you start hating on the young people's music you're like, that's not as good as in my day, you know, every generation hates the music of the younger generation coming up because they just don't think it was as good as theirs when in actual fact, I mean it's just as good, if not It's so true, we always do that, like I'll always listen to dance music and go, oh they don't make it like they did back then Back in the early noughties. Yeah, like someone, I'm trying to think if you're going to say dance music. Let me see if I can pick something off the top of my head now, which would be probably, you know, class back in the day. But maybe you listen to it now and kind of go, sorry, sorry, what in the name of God are you playing me here? Like something from uh, maybe like Mauro Picado. If you didn't grow up listening to this in nightclubs or whatever, you might be a bit like. in the world and it was back in the day it was so hard to get these songs because you know Napster and Bearshire and all them things weren't really around just yet but like ah, you listen to that right now maybe people maybe if you're you know if you're 20 or 21 you listen to this come on now what's this what song what an absolute song let's just skip forward to the good bit We're going to have uh, Freaks on Mondays. Al's going to come in for the last hour of the show and just bang out some of these. We just got a message in from a 13-year-old who said music nowadays is muck. (laughs) Are you a a 13-year-old with an old man's body inside? Well, an old man's mind. Uh, You're an old man inside a young man's body. Could get you into a lot of trouble with your luck. Oh god! Uh, is it muck? They ask some of it's probably muck, like like Everton and some of the music. Well, back do you know in the what I think it is? I think sometimes when I listen to music back in the day, people put their heart and soul into it, even if it was a dance track. Whereas nowadays, I think everything is just kind of done on a computer. I know, but like the, uh, people will look at that and kind of go, "Yeah, that's it's just on a computer; it doesn't matter." But that can be insanely, insanely creative and difficult as well. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying it, it can't be difficult, but I just think a lot of it can be... Are you saying producers who make their own music and make their own sounds are just wasters because they can't play piano or guitar? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying they should probably learn. <laughs> 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 no, I just think, I think nowadays you need to churn out music quick and just uh, you're kind of in it for the money, trying to make money. Are you, though? Because I don't think any musicians make money anymore. I think that's the, go- the, same the goal, that though, for these big artists to just make money. Well, they're hardly charities now. They're hardly, they hardly want to do anything to go broke. No, but as opposed to making a song that... Hang on, are you like, trying to say that the, the Beatles were all about the music and not about the drugs, the women and the pools? Look, that came afterwards, okay? I'm not saying that, but I think nowadays... I think they were yeah. always in it for there's the money. Been, there's been a lot of artists, new artists, I won't name any names, who go on stage and they forget their own lyrics to their songs. How could Why? they forget because their own lyrics was... when they're miming, Saoirse? <laughs> That's the problem as well, That's isn't it? That's impossible. Yeah. Not, only, not only do they not know the lyrics, they don't even have to sing it. And they haven't even written them. No. <laughs> so, you know, 
I don't know. I just think, um, let's go back to early Lincoln Park. Let's go. So she wants to go back to the days of Tchaikovsky when he would spend an entire <laughs> lifetime working on a certain piece that would, you know, he'd be writing everything, he'd be playing everything, and it would be a four hour long. Well, it wouldn't necessarily, what would it be? An opera four it hour long. It actually would. Opera. Yeah. Oh, I remember doing that for my music. I think it was my junior cert. That's a horrific memory. Thanks for that. Was it not, was it not Leaving Cert? Because I did Tchaikovsky for music Leaving Cert as well. Romeo and Juliet, we to do. I don't know. It's all blending in. It was a long time ago since I did my mm. Leaving Cert or my Junior Cert. Well, it was the Inter Cert back in your day, wasn't it? Ha ha ha. I'm 31. Oh. I am nearly 32. Oh. And I will remind you on the 1st of September that it's my birthday month. For your okay. birthday month. Speaking of that as well, so she's the oldest person now ever to open up a TikTok account. So if you want to head over to her brand new TikTok account and give her some follows, she's going to be you know doing a bit of a few uh, slut trappy dances tomorrow. So it's at Saoirse underscore long. I wonder how I'm doing actually. Let, let's have, have a quick look. Have I got look. any more followers? Oh, I have. I have now got eighteen followers. Oh, look Thanks at that! People. Now, do you'll I follow selling, them back? Well, I think that's a personal choice for you, but you'll be selling skinny tees in no time. Brilliant. Okay, that's my aim is to put up slutty videos and gain as many followers as I can so I make loads of money and then I can just uh, have a side hustle. There you go. That's what it is. You can, you can have your own clothing brand, makeup line, candles, jeans, the whole works. Amazing. Okay, mm. great. Okay, keep following me then and I'll <laughs> pull up my slutty video tomorrow. If I know how to do it, I'm very stressed about thinking about this. I, I know how to do the moves. I know how to actually, you know, what to wear and how to look on the camera. But I don't know how to make the video. I will tell you, right? Yeah, okay, listen, I can walk you through the, the technicalities of making the actual TikTok video. But once, most people who are doing this dance, if you're on TikTok, you know the dance I'm on about is when people come up and they're not wearing any clothes and they're just like... It's this dance. Uh, they only do really one move. Uh, yeah. And they're just going to w- flap their arms about and then just make sure you get the, the booty shot in. Because the, the algorithm, I think, knows to look for the peachy bum shots and then we'll push you forward. So that'll be coming tomorrow. But go give Saoirse, go give Saoirse an old follow at underscore Saoirse Long and we'll see how uh, we'll see how that explodes now over the next couple of days and weeks. Um, before uh, before we move on, a quick, a quick reminder, if you're on a diet and you're maybe trying to lose a little bit of weight and you're trying to slim down and get a little bit healthier, don't do what this woman in Iowa did because this is stupid, insane and rather dangerous. What is it? She ate a tapeworm. Oh, stop. Mm. Why would you do that? You can apparently purchase tapeworms on the internet that, again, are unverified. Don't do this. uh, Very dangerous and illegal. That promise to sit inside your stomach and your intestine and they will eat the food so you can eat the food and then you're obviously not digesting it so you're not getting the calories. The tapeworm is eating up all the food. But uh, it's highly dangerous. She got very, very sick um, and thought it was going to be a good diet aid and wound up in hospital because of this. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Like, when is that ever a good idea? I, I, I don't know. Like, you hear these phantom stories where, like, someone was losing a lot of weight and it turns out there was a tape or a 700-foot tapeworm inside of them. It's not a good idea. It's not. It's never a good idea. And what did she expect it to eat all her fat? Yeah, that was it. I think she expected the tapeworm to eat her food because the tapeworm obviously needs to live off nutrients and food or whatever. Oh, uh, and they bury bury themselves in your intestines and in different parts of your stomach and your GI tract. And they um, heard this woman obviously thought that, here, listen, this is alive. It's going to eat all the food and then I won't. I'll be burning extra calories just because I won't be... Well, the tapeworm will be taking the calories and you won't so she thought it might have been a good way to kind of eat what she wanted to eat and then lose a bit of extra weight but um, not a good not a good result said she kind of was in incredible pain and had to go in and have an operation get things removed I have no words yeah she should really be uh, nominated for the Darwin Awards on Thursday that's a great one that's a great shout no, that's definitely going on the notes. Darwin Awards mm. uh, this is apparently the problem as well right if you were insane enough to go and buy a live tapeworm and eat it with uh, weight loss goals. They can grow up to about 30 feet long. Um, I didn't realise this. A tapeworm has both male and female reproductive systems in it. So it was saying it could be spreading a bunch bunch of fertilised worm eggs inside her and every time she kind of goes into the bathroom. So these lads could be growing inside you. You could be growing an army of tapeworms inside your stomach. That makes me want to get sick. Isn't that disgusting? I'd rather eat, overeat, and just deal with the consequences than have any kind of insect inside me eating my fat or me or roaming around. And imagine you knew there was a worm in your stomach wiggling around. I wonder if you could feel it. I'd say you could. If it's 30 feet long, you're. Imagine it came back up your throat again. That's what I'd be scared of. Disgusting. Disgusting. Oh my god! Imagine you got something stuck in your throat. It was a tapeworm. And you it. were no, you were choking on some food, and then the tapeworm came up and took it out from your throat. Oh, it saved your from life. Inside. Oh my god. <laughs> tapeworm saved your oh, life. Oh, the thoughts of that. Yeah. So the things you know, the people will do extreme things to lose weight. You've heard of people going on like water-only fasts for weeks on end. Can't really advise that. The skinny teas are just really diarrhea teas. They just make you lose a lot of water weight and dehydrate you. Um, what are other crazy ways that people have lost weight? I think tapeworm has to be up there, but we'll mark her down. We'll mark her down for the Darwin Awards anyway, because that's pretty intense. Weren't people on, uh, we spoke to uh, fruitarians. 
that what they were called? Oh, fruit hair, just eating fruit. Yeah. I mean, that's not too extreme. That's not like, it's not tapeworm bad. It's just having an apple a day for the rest, every day for the rest of your life. How could you survive on that? Yeah, you couldn't really, could you? you? Imagine not having chocolate fingers to eat every night. You'd be devastated. An apple. Oh, God. Did you have a whole thing of chocolate fingers today? I did. See, what happened was, right, I got onto Instagram, was looking at a few stories. Yeah. And you know when you're kind of mindlessly eating? So I opened the packet of chocolate fingers and I just had two or three and I thought, right, just have another three. And then there was something in me that just said, no, you do not put this packet down until you finish every one of them. So I had every single finger in the packet. And then I quickly threw the packaging in the bin, even though I live on my own, because I was just so ashamed of myself. Mm. I don't know how many are in a packet, but, I mean, it's a lot. Did you throw the packet with some of them in it in the bin? Oh, God, no. No, I just didn't want to see the empty packet on the counter, knowing I'd eaten all of them. I'm getting a couple of messages and texts in here now about people who are saying they're literally literally raving to a bit of Mauro Picado. I'm like... I don't know if we should have... What year was that? that, Oh, that's a very good question. What year was that release? What year was that release? What a song. We should do that maybe on a Monday, have a Monday night rave. Just the last last maybe 20 minutes, go out in a high, because Mondays are usually a bit rough. Let's see when this was released. Mauro Picotto. Mauro Picotto. This is... Let us if see. someone has just tuned in, they're going to be very confused. Yeah, and disappointed when we go back to just not playing songs like that. Released in... Oh, God, that's... that's ooh, a long time ago. When? A long time ago. Like 90s? Yeah. 94? No. 96? 99. Ooh. Great song. Yeah, very good song. Great songs. Right. So, from dance songs to ketamine. (laughs) On the way next, how ketamine is being used in clinical settings, not the illegal illicit drug that you would find on the streets. But ketamine is being used by clinical researchers to try and help people who are dependent on alcohol. How exactly does that work? Uh, Ravi Das, who is a psychoneuropharmacologist and looking into the impact that ketamine can have on your brain and uh, how it will reduce your desire to want to drink. He's on next to explain more about that here on F1. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Good evening. Uh, we've chatted about different things before about how uh, psychedelic drugs and different illegal substances at the moment are being used in clinical settings to try and treat people with various different conditions. It turns out that ketamine is a drug that has been explored for its impact in various different kind of clinical settings. So obviously, don't do ketamine recreationally. It's an illegal horse tranquilizing drug, very dangerous for you. But what are some of the impacts it can have with people uh, with things like alcohol addiction? And is there any other impacts that ketamine might have in a clinical setting? And 
what is it doing to our brain? To explain a little bit more about that, somebody has been doing extensive research into it at the University College London, Dr. Ravi Das. Dr. Ravi, how are things? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? I was going to attempt to try and pronounce uh, neuropsychopharmacologist in one go, but like, it's <laughs> an impressive, uh, it's an impressive professional title. Well, you did an excellent job on the pronunciation, but I think you're going to be impressive. You're good at this, in fairness. Well, sure, look, here we go. That's the crack. So, um, we, we saw some of the research that you've been doing, exploring ketamine, the impact on the brain, and the potential use it might have for various different, you know, people who might be addicted to things things like alcohol. But maybe before we go on, what exactly is ketamine, and what, what, is, what does it do inside our brains? Yeah, so primarily ketamine is a, an analgesic or an anaesthetic, which also means it's a painkiller, basically. So it's... Uh, it binds to opiate receptors to numb pain, but it binds to another receptor that's um, called NMDA, which is really important in how we learn connections between things, um, and it blocks that receptor, so it can have effects on learning, uh, which have been shown repeatedly as well. It also has psychedelic effects. If you take enough of it, like you mentioned, it's a, it's a recreational drug, so people take it for those effects. And, you know, because it's a painkiller, it can be very relaxing, which is another reason people might take it recreationally. But primarily it's used in hospitals and, uh, as you mentioned, in veterinary me- uh, medicine as a painkiller. And as you spoke about addiction in your article, what exactly can ketamine do for, for that, for alcoholism or something? Yeah, it's an interesting one. There's been a lot of research uh, over the past sort of 10 years looking at ketamine as as, as a treatment for lots of different psychiatric problems. There's some stuff that came out of Russia about 20 years ago by a guy called Evgeny uh, Kropitsky, um, who showed that ketamine could be really useful for people who are uh, undergoing treatment for alcoholism. It's also recent, more recently been looked at as an antidepressant, so it's kind of one of the breakthrough drugs of the last 10 years, if you, if you want, in psychiatry, and has recently been approved in the US as an intranasal spray for depression. So that's kind of big news in the psychiatric world where drugs development happened really slowly. The reason we wanted to look at it was to, to look at its effects on memory and a lot of the research I do is based around what kind of role uh, learning plays in things like addiction. People aren't born addicted to drugs or alcohol. It's something that you uh, acquire throughout your life, right, by being exposed to those drugs. Yeah. You know, some people might be listening to this kind of going, how in the name of God can you give what would be deemed a street drug or a class A drug to alcoholics to, to help them? But what have you found that it, it, it does with people who might be trying to kick the drink? Yeah, so um, there's a couple of caveats. Uh, one is that we're using it in a very specific and controlled setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically to target a memory process that we have got a lot of research about. And it's this process called reconsolidation, which is where your memories can become sort of briefly unstable when they're recalled. And our thinking was if we could um, block those memories from restabilizing with ketamine, we could weaken them and therefore reduce sort of the, the, urge, the urge that people have to drink, for instance, when they see someone else drinking or smell a pint of beer. And so, yeah, we, we conducted an experiment to look at that and found that that was the case when we when we got people to kind of destabilize and retrieve um, drinking memories and then gave them ketamine for uh, up to nine months afterwards. They were drinking about half the amount that they were prior to the prior to the treatment. And how long is the course of treatment? Um, well, that's the other that's the other interesting thing about this approach is that it's just a single
single dose. So you, you, you get people into the hospital and you get them to sort of reactivate their drinking memories. Give them a single infusion of ketamine, which lasts about 30 minutes. And then once they're recovered, that's it. That's all the kind of manipulation you're doing, which is very different to the standard approach, which is long term, sort of every day taking a pill yeah. or, or lots of therapy. Yeah. So... What exactly then does that look like? You say you get them to kind of recall their memories or whatever. So are they they're in the hospital? They've been administered with this, and then are you just trying to get them to recall like f- previous good times that they've had out drinking? So it's not quite as like uh, cognitive as that, really. The kind of memories that I'm talking about are a bit like um, Pavlov's dog, you know. Right. So when it learns to associate the sound of a bell with getting food, those very basic kind of learning mechanisms, kind of automatic almost, uh, are what can trigger off things like cravings and, and like these behaviours to want to go and you know, have a drink when you're exposed to a, a kind of a cue, a trigger cue if you want. So it's those, it's those associations that we're trying to break down and to retrieve those we basically give people a pint of beer, or half a pint of beer actually, <laughs> um, and, and, and show them some images of, of like nice, nice pictures of people drinking beer that would normally sort of be racist as pleasant and, and evoke these kind of desires to drink, basically. And what was the success rate from the study like? So in terms of... In, so we didn't have just, like, who stayed abstinent and who and who carried on drinking as an outcome because these people, although they were drinking a harmful and far too high amount of alcohol, they weren't um, severe alcoholics, so they weren't undergoing treatment or anything for alcoholism. Mm. Um, so a- abstinence wasn't really the goal here. It was more about how much could we get them to reduce their drinking to a less harmful level. With regards to that, the success were uh, in the group that had the ketamine with reactivating their memories... Um, yeah, they basically halved their, their drinking levels. And then when we kind of subsequently gave them pints of beer and showed them the pictures of beer, they, they felt the urge to drink a lot less and they and they sort of liked those liked those pictures a lot less as well. So it did seem to kind of break down those rewarding associations with those uh, images. Well, that's, that's interesting. You, you'll have to try it with uh, WhatsApp messages being sent to them going, pint, question mark? And just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, interrupt that at five o'clock on a Friday evening when people are just you know, stressed out and finally had enough for work. But theoretically then, can this be, uh, I know you were just looking at alcohol, but this could, could ketamine then be used in other therapeutic or clinical settings with other drugs or maybe even, uh, you know, people who might have traumatic memories or post-traumatic stress syndrome and things like that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you bring up a really important point there. Uh, so, so this exact same process could be used to try and, like you say, weaken traumatic memories. And um, People are currently doing studies to look at that. And I think there are already some clinics, private clinics in the US that are trying to offer that as a, as a treatment for mm. um, post-traumatic stress disorder. So anything that's got this component of learning, basically. Anything that's potentially experience-based uh, in terms of a psychiatric disorder could be amenable to this kind of treatment. But we're kind of at the really early stages at the moment, so we don't know just how far we can go with it. And has there been any negative side effects to the treatment at all? Um, so we monitor neg- negative side effects. As I said, it's only a single dose. So the main things we had were people feeling slightly nauseous when they had the ketamine while they were on the ketamine. But our, our, apart from that, there were no sort of adverse consequences. And you know, a couple of people in the placebo group has convinced themselves that they'd had the ketamine as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's actually very, in terms of 
In terms of drugs that are used, it's actually very well tolerated and, and quite safe when used in you know in a properly supervised setting. Well, yeah, well, no, I mean, it is fascinating, and this whole area of psychedelics in clinical settings seems to be kind of getting a little bit more traction now because I know it had been kind of locked down and shut down for since the 50s or 60s probably, and then no one was allowed to go anywhere near it. But um, Dr. Ravi Das, thanks a million for coming on and, and speaking to us here this evening. Is, is there any way you'd recommend if people want to be maybe catch up on some of the work you've done or look at some of uh, the, the studies that you've published? Or do you have a website or social media or anything you'd recommend people can follow you on? Yeah, so um, the site of our unit is ucl.ac.uk. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.